time enough at last. Submitted for your consideration to sci-fi fans, Sean Majors and Keith Conrad. Rewatch The Twilight Zone from beginning to end. It's like something out of that Twilighty show about that zone. In this corner of the universe, a prizefighter named Bowley Jackson, 183 pounds and an hour and a half away from a comeback at St. Nick's Arena. Mr. Bowley Jackson, who by the standards of his profession is an aging, over-the-hill relic of what was, and who now sees a reflection of a man who has left too many pieces of his youth in too many stadiums for too many years, before too many screaming people. Mr. Bowley Jackson, who might do well to look for some gentle magic in the hard-surfaced glass that stares back at him. Sean, episode 27 of the Twilight Zone was the big tall wish. And uh, I, I think maybe even last week I had said, hey, this is uh, the, the one where Mickey Rooney gets really big. But but that's not it. It's <laughs> uh, the last night of a jockey that uh, doesn't come up until season five. Uh, the big tall wish was something completely different. And I don't think in all of my Twilight Zone viewing over the years, I had ever seen it before. That's surprising. Um, I think I, I think I've I've watched it once, um, just just uh, in like a, a Netflix run through. Um, I don't know why. I uh, you know we were talking right before uh, we hit record. Like I I, I don't think uh, I don't think it's ever been on TV <laughs> like in the marathons and stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I honestly don't know if it ever was because I, I I don't remember skipping over it. I don't remember ever seeing it uh, before uh, before I sat down for for this viewing. And uh, also, so interestingly, like one of my notes for this was going to be that uh, this is, you know, uh, this is actually going to be like the the third Serling category uh, <laughs> after. Uh, uh, cowboys and astronauts. It was going to be about boxers. There's so many boxers. I, I I wrote that down too. There are so many boxers in the Twilight Zone. And then I and then I I actually looked through the uh, through the episodes so that I could see you know which one were actually <laughs> about boxing. And it turns out it's only this one and uh, Steel. Uh, but he but he did he did write Requiem for a heavyweight. Wait, so it's the pre Twilight Zone. Haven't we, haven't we already gone through an episode with a boxer? I, I don't think we have because I, I went through the list of episodes and I'm like, well, that one's not a boxer. That one's go through the whole thing. And it was only this one in steel, which is technically kind of about about robots in the in, in the four of us are dying. Was one of the four a boxer? I think that's entirely possible. Yeah. So, so that one, that one does feature a boxer. I'm going to count that as one fourth of a boxer. <laughs> okay. So it's, it's two and one fourth. Episode. <laughs> um, this might be the, uh, certainly the first, but probably the only twilight zone episode that featured the, uh, the entire main cast are just people of color. Uh, yeah, there's, um, I, I noticed that too, right off the, uh, right off the bat. And, uh, there's, uh, there's one person like the, the guy who's in, uh, I guess it would be the locker room with him. Yeah. Uh, before and after the fight is, uh, is a white dude. 
and also the uh, the officiant of the boxing match is is a white dude. But but yeah, you're right. The, the I, I don't think they even have names. So uh, the, <laughs> the characters are definitely uh, all African American, which I would imagine uh, being in in 1960 was probably fairly rare. Yeah, and um, I don't know if I'm I'm reading too much into it, but just the the uh, um, the 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 story of him, you know, kind of going into another boxer's body or becoming another boxer. I, it kind of, uh, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know if that was supposed to be a, a commentary on race in, in 1960, <clears throat> but um, I don't know. I, my mind always kind of goes to those like subtle hints of uh, Rod of what Serling's trying to uh, trying to write at the time. Yeah. I know that. Uh, yeah. You know, that, that, that actually, I'm not sure thinking back on it. Uh, Cause I know that like when he switches places, do, do you actually see the other boxer at, at any point? I don't think so. So yeah, the other I boxer could have, could have been black as well. Yeah. Uh, so any, anyway, actually for, for people who haven't seen it, a wired, why, why are you listening to us? If you haven't seen it, yet? <laughs> listening to us talk about it, but it's about uh Bowley Jackson. Who's a, uh, who's a, uh, an aging boxer. Cause everyone in the twilight zone is aging. <laughs> nobody, uh, there's nobody young. Uh, he's, uh, he's, uh, right before he's supposed to fight, he breaks all his knuckles and, uh, uh, right before the, uh, the, the fight is going to end. He magically switches, uh, places with, uh, with his opponent because, uh, the kid in his apartment building really wanted him to win and, and, uh, kept wishing. So he's hugging the TV and wishing uh, that he'll win. So eventually he does. It, it reminded me of the Simpsons episode where uh, Homer was boxing. And um, uh, right right before he's about to go in and, and fight the Frederick Tatum, uh, Mo tells him, hey, visualize how you're going to win the fight. And there's like a thought bubble that appears over Homer showing a, a news reporter. And it's a uh, shocking news as uh, a congenital heart failure fell <laughs> Frederick Tatum right before the fight. Oh my god! Every every time we record these, I'm like, man, I really got to go watch every Simpsons episode ever. Um, <laughs> which I mean, Disney Plus is what eight bucks a month. It's got to be worth it, it. it is, and I think just for that alone, is it's well worth it. <laughs> I think you're right. Um, the kid. Went back and forth from me being me like loving the kid's performance to being completely creeped out when he was hugging the TV. I was like, I never want to see this again. <laughs> I, I I think you can you can have it both ways that he he does in fact give a really good performance. Like like uh, one of the, one of the things I wrote down is like, wow, what's, what a sweet kid. I don't care about my neighbors that much. <laughs> uh. You know, he, he gives a, a great performance, especially for a child actor. But yes, uh, uh, you know, the, it, it is a little creepy. Uh, so so that I think you got to put that on Serling, actually, because because he's the one who wrote about the kid hugging the TV. I just imagine uh, the direct. And actually, by the way, did this did this episode seem completely uniquely shot and directed to you other than the at least the previous 26 episodes? Well, it did. We, we've talked about this uh, a, a couple times, um, you know, that uh, th- there there are a couple episodes that just seem 
slightly different stylistically from from the others and and i think that that uh that was the case with this one i think uh um you know and also we've, we've talked about this a little bit that uh sort of the difference between the twilight zone and the outer limits is that mm. the twilight zone there was like some attempt at at telling it was a it was a moral tale in yeah. in, in 22 minutes um and uh, the outer limits. It was just, hey, watch some weird stuff happen, <laughs> and, and, and they both they they both have their place in in television. I'm not I'm not saying that to denigrate the outer limits at, at all. Oh, of course I'm, not. And that, that was that was kind of the premise of uh, of the outer limits. Is hey, just hey, watch some weird stuff is going to happen. I will. And, uh, I so, will so be- more than having any sort of uh, a moral message. It was just hey, some weird stuff is going to happen. <laughs> I will be more than happy to denigrate the um, Showtime revival of The Outer Limits in the uh, mid '90s. Oh yeah, there there was one really really good episode that uh, that sticks out at me uh, from the the Showtime revival, and that was that was the one where uh, aliens invaded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they put a bunch of people in like bunkers that had like doomsday switches, and um, like the, one by one, all of them got picked off because they were. Uh, they were uh, in contact with each other. And the last guy that was left, like at the last minute before he's about to die and set off all the nukes that were going to make the planet useless for the aliens, his boss, you know, like shows up on the on the on the big TV and says, hey, we need you to we, we beat the aliens. We need you to stay alive. And then uh, the camera pans back and shows that the aliens are like they got their hands stuck up his spine and they're controlling him that way or something. That one, that one was good, man. I am, I am just now looking. Uh, sorry for the uh, the tangent here. They made a, <laughs> they made a hundred and fifty four episodes of the revival of the Outer Limits. They, they probably made more than the actual Outer Limits. <laughs> it it went it went from ninety five to two thousand two. Yeah, they hung in. They hung in there. I mean, the ratings world is a little different when you're talking about pay cable. So. Yeah, of course. Oh, Keith, Keith, Keith. The show is available on Prime Video. Oh, oh. Ooh, I will this. be. I would. I know what I'm doing this weekend. <laughs> this might be our follow up too. Time <laughs> enough at last is uh, is uh, watching the watching the the Showtime Outer Limits revival coming at you in 2023. <laughs> so so basically uh this creepy little kid uh <laughs> he, he makes his quote big tall wish and uh 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 bully jackson wins his his fighter he switch place switches places with the uh with his opponent and because of that he wins and uh, he just he just doesn't believe that that something like that can happen and uh, henry's trying to tell him hey if you don't believe in this it's not gonna not going to stick yeah and sure enough he keeps saying i can't believe in this and he ends up basically uh, apparently altering the space-time continuum going back in time to the flight to the fight and then uh losing because he didn't believe in the big tall wish sometimes you just got to believe you got to have faith yeah i um that's what george michael told us at least that that's 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 what I. Uh, that's what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing that I did notice about this is that uh, at one point in the first couple of minutes, like when he's talking to the kid uh, before the fight, he's like sort of talking about how washed up he is, and he's describing himself, and he says his arms are heavy, 
So I did not know that Eminem was a Twilight Zone fan. <laughs> Is there any of Mom's spaghetti in this episode at all? Uh, apparently not, but we don't know what the kid and his mom had for dinner. So it's <laughs> true. You raise a very good point. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> the um, do you think it was a choice to not really have any racism in this in this episode? Um, well, you know, as we said there, it's not like there's a whole lot of uh, races interacting, interacting with each other. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, there's obviously the referee of the fight and, uh, and, you know, whoever's helping him out in the locker room, um, that that's, that's basically just suggesting that, uh, if you get, uh, three or four white and African-American people, they can possibly get along. Yeah. So, <laughs> So, so no, I, I think that, um, you know, as we, as we mentioned earlier, it's 1960s. So I think that, that perhaps having the, the African-American stars was probably a conscious choice, but I don't think that, um, you know, having, having, having them get along with the white people that were actually there was necessarily a choice. Sure. Oh, uh, so uh Serling apparently in the uh quoted in the in the Twilight Zone companion, um, which surprisingly enough I do not own. Uh television like its big sister, the motion picture, has been guilty of the sin of omission, hungry for talent, desperate for the so-called new face, constantly searching for a transfusion of new blood. It has overlooked a source of wondrous talent that resides under its nose, that is the black actor. Okay, so so yeah, so so having the the black lead characters was um, was a, was a conscious choice, and that you know as as you said, it's not really shocking that Serling would do that because no. he's kind of known for doing stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's it, it's sort of takes some of the starch out of it actually because it was one episode of 156 as opposed to like actually writing a show. Yeah. <laughs> You know, where, where they would that would be the case every week. <laughs> I, I, although, to to be quite honest with you, I'm not sure a Bully Jackson uh, Twilight Zone spinoff would actually do very well. No, probably not. At least not in 1960. I I mean, he could have actually done like a, a, a he could have done like a third revival of Requiem for a Heavyweight, in which uh, he just told the story with uh, Bully Jackson as the as the Washington fighter. <laughs> And that would have been kind of sad because uh, then his agent would have been trying to make him a professional wrestler. And, and <laughs> I, I, yeah, that, that, that story would have it, it would have gone from somewhat inspirational to just sad. Then, of course, he, he also could have been one fourth of uh, the four of us are dying. Well, that would have been tough, though. Yeah. <laughs> I, I they, they would have required some reworking of of the four of us are dying, uh, to you know I he could, he could have just like re- literally recast like that as four African American people, or at least everybody uh, just would have been more surprised. They they would have been more surprised, but uh, you know, at the same time, some of the sub if you make those characters uh, subplots, then they basically. You make those characters uh, all African-American and suddenly each of their plots makes them like sound like 
a conservative talk radio description <laughs> of the African American community, and I'm not sure that even in 1960 you want to do that. Uh, it might be it might be worse now, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, actually, yeah, I can kind of speak from experience. Yeah, believe me, they'd be talking about that episode. I'm trying to think of uh, other episodes where. I mean, what's the what's the one where um, there's a, there's a black uh, a preacher, black uh, priest? Um, it's like in, it's like way late in the series. It's like uh, I'm I am the night. Uh, I, th- yeah, um, it's about like a hanging or something like that. It is, and I think it's somebody who's uh, who's um, where it's, a, you know a, an innocent person. And like the night, like basically, it's it's just the the sky turns black because everybody hates the the man condemned to death or something like that. But I that's I that's the only other episode. Yeah, that's uh, I am the night. Color me black, and it is uh, season five, episode twenty six. Okay. Well, we we will be uh, we will be very close to ending this run and beginning our hate watching of the show. <laughs> And actually, that's a good point. So, so this one is in the first season, and uh, it's in 1960, and you kind of get to the end before there's a there's a you know a, a big uh, a story revolving around African Americans, which yeah. again it's it's the 60s, so probably not all that shocking, but uh, it is it, it is one of those things where you you kind of stop and think wow, is that really the case? And and yeah, when you crunch the numbers, sort of like this being one of only two episodes that's actually specifically about boxing. <laughs> I, as soon as I saw it was an episode about boxing, I'm like, oh, wow, he he did a lot of episodes about boxers. And then I, I was shocked to realize that he only did two. I'm going to have to investigate this myself because I, I still true. don't believe. Two episodes in a movie. That was it. <laughs> But I, I believe he did win an Emmy for Rec Room for a heavyweight, so that Good. that counts for something. So well deserved. I, I, I believe he did he did box when he was in the army, so that, that's probably where a lot of that came from. That makes sense. <laughs> so I, I I I do agree with you uh, in retrospect that um, part of the relationship with the uh, small child is a little creepy. Yes. Um both because the the kid cares so much about his neighbor and he, and he cares so much about his neighbor. And, and like I said, as somebody who has, since, since I've lived on my own, I've lived exclusively in apartments uh, and I'm not sure how many neighbors I actually knew their names. Oh my God. I've complained on so many neighbors. <laughs> Just hear, okay. hearing, hearing bass through the walls. So, so, so you're the person complaining on the neighbors. I'm the person who literally, completely flies under the radar and nobody ever knows. It sounds like we would make great neighbors, Keith. Uh, between the two of us, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you think uh, uh, Bully Jackson was just trying to get to the mom through the kid? Because uh, I don't think Francis uh, had a husband. I, I think, once again, you're you're very into uh, talk radio, a uh, conservative talk radio uh, fodder. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but that is entirely possible. Uh, yeah, like I said, d- despite the fact that there's something just strange about the relationship um, 
you know, between Bully Jackson and, and Henry, uh, there's something kind of just sweet about the, the fact that they care that much about each other. It is true. It, it yeah. is very true. Uh, the one, one thing that one story that's not going to be sweet is uh, the next Oof. story that we visit next week, uh, which is a nice place to visit. Also about a guy named Henry. Mr. Bowley Jackson, 183 pounds, who left a second chance lying in a heap on a rosin-spattered canvas at St. Nick's Arena. Mr. Bowley Jackson, who shares the most common ailment of all men, the strange and perverse disinclination to believe in a miracle. The kind of miracle to come from the mind of a little boy, perhaps only to be found in the Twilight Zone. Gabatron? 